It's Philosophy Talk. Now, I know some of you may not trust your gut yet, but with my help, you will. Gut feelings and the art of decision-making. Is it a good idea to act on your gut feelings, or will your gut lead you astray? Maybe there are a few missing pieces to the rationale for war, but doesn't taking Saddam out feel like the right thing? Right here in the gut? Because that's where the truth comes from, ladies and gentlemen. The gut. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good, good night. A feeling. Thinking things through, is it ever a good idea? We are divided between those who think with their head and those who know with their heart. Our guest is Gert Gigerinzer, author of Gut Feelings, The Intelligence of the Unconscious. Gut Feelings, coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're here at the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. That's where Ken and I are called distinguished professors of philosophy. Speak for yourself, John. (laughs) Today, our topic, gut feeling and the art of decision-making. My gut says this is going to be a fascinating show, Ken. Oh, but John, you don't need your gut to tell you that. You already have lots of reasons, explicit reasons. This is going to be a great show. I mean, look, have I ever let you down? You've got a great co-host here, guy. Look, when you, and when your gut tells you something, you know, it just feels right. No reasons needed. Well, just because you can't explain your reasons doesn't mean you don't have any. Sometimes people can sense that they're in danger without knowing why. But, but they may have good reason for that. It, it may be that their gut is working on the basis of hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, and it's really a reliable source of information, much better than a couple minutes of reasoning. Oh, John, but you still, that may or may not be right. I don't know, but I know you can't always trust your gut, no matter how certain it feels, evolution be darned. I mean, think of all those gamblers who lost their shirts on what their gut told them was a sure thing. The seventh's coming up next Sometimes it's just downright foolish to trust your gut. Well, if you want to call any old feeling of certainty that we can't explain and might use to justify something, then I'm sure we shouldn't always trust gut feelings. But but I don't think the gambler's foolish certainly necessarily comes from his gut in the sense I have in mind. I mean, who knows? If he's an addict, then maybe he even ignores his gut when he gambles. It's not a good example. Uh, Let's consider... Chicken sexing. Chicken sexing? What, what the devil are you talking about? If, if you raise chickens, particularly if you're a hatchery and raises thousands of chickens, you got to know which are the males and which are the females, the little chickens. And the answer doesn't just hang there like it does with some species. It's a hard job to do without training. If you or I tried to identify the sex of a newborn chick, we wouldn't be able to do it. But professional chicken sexers are able to sort male from male, female at a glance. What's really interesting, though, is that they can't really explain how they know the difference. They just look at a certain part of the anatomy, and they can tell. So, look, if they can't explain how they know the difference, how could they ever teach anybody else to do it? How do we ever get more chicken sexers then? Well, it's, it's called training. If you want to be a chicken sexer, they don't tell you how to do it. You just watch them do it, and after a while, you give it a try, and they correct you when you're wrong. And pretty soon, if you've got the basic perceptual ability, you'll be a good chicken sexer, too. There's a job there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm willing to give you chicken sexers. I've never watched them, and I don't really intend to. But, look, that doesn't mean 
mean we should always trust our guts. I mean, when it comes to making important life decisions, I think it's much better to consciously weigh the pros and cons, you know, to evaluate each alternative is much better than to trust some mysterious gut feeling. Come on, John. Oh, uh, well, come on now, Ken. Getting married is a major life decision. I, I'd be very surprised if you said you carefully weighed the pros and cons before deciding to marry Claire. Most people don't decide to get married that way. Indeed, if, if they waited until a reason to them to get married, the species might have died yeah. out long ago. Uh, I'm willing to grant you that. That's because love is about the heart, not about the head. The heart has reasons that the head knows not. But look, take something less emotional, like where to invest your money. Why would I ever trust my gut to make investment choices? I don't have that much money to begin with, so when I want to invest it, i got to do research, weigh the, you know, do the history of the firm, all that sort of stuff. Following your gut in a case like that seems like a really bad way in general to make important life decisions. Well, I'm not so sure. I mean, even in a cases like that, it's possible that you unconsciously absorb information and your gut sorts it through for you. Thinking too much can overly complicate things if your gut is doing its job. It, it can even be paralyzing. Not to mention, you can make calculation errors, too. Well, okay. Reasoning is not always reliable. I grant you that. But at least there are explicit steps involved. And then it, you can go back and check whether you did it right. And with gut feelings, how do you know when your gut feelings are reliable? I mean, is there really a way to distinguish trustworthy intuitions from, say, the wishful whims of a gambler? Well, I must admit I'm curious about that, too, Ken. Uh, are trustworthy intuitions, trustworthy gut feelings fundamentally different from others? How can we train ourselves to know when our hunches are worth trusting and when they're not? Good questions, John. We sent our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Esch, to find out how ordinary people make decisions based on gut feelings at work, in love, and in life or death situations. She files this report. We all make decisions based on impulse or intuition. But what are gut feelings? I think a gut feeling for me is a combination of logic, emotion, with the addition of hopefulness, often. A, a positive gut feeling. I think it's something that just comes to you without your arriving at it through thought. Yeah, you know, I think it, it does sort of come in the, in the stomachy area. Shannon was 18 years old when a gut feeling saved her life. She had just graduated from high school in Palm Springs, California, where she grew up. She went camping with some friends in Utah. And at one point, we decided to go skinny dipping. So everyone starts stripping down, getting ready to jump in the river. On one side, there's a bank where the teenagers are standing. On the other side, a rocky cliff. We're standing on the bank, beginning to take our clothes off, when I had an incredibly strong gut feeling that we should absolutely not go in the water. Shannon could not articulate why she didn't think they should go in the water. So she stalled with a banana. So I was eating the banana, and everybody was disrobing. And I said, hey, you guys, I, I think we should all go in together. And um, I'm still eating my banana, so can you all wait? So Shannon's friends are waiting on the bank for her, and she's eating the banana slowly, when all of a sudden the sound of thunder breaks through the stillness, and Shannon sees an avalanche of rocks coming down the other side of the river. The entire rock face of the cliff on the other side of the swimming hole came crashing into the swimming hole, the entire face. Her friends were stunned. Shannon believes that gut feeling may have saved all of their lives. We certainly would have been knocked unconscious, and then we would have been on water. So it's really hard to say exactly what would have happened, but it would not have been a good scenario at all. 
Elizabeth was in her mid-twenties and fresh out of college when she got a job investigating police misconduct for a civilian agency in New York. The job sounded perfect. Elizabeth was thrilled. That is, until the first day. I realized that I should not be there the very first day I started. She got an intense gut feeling that this place was wrong for her. But she'd made a two-year commitment, so she stayed. One of the worst interviews I had involved a attorney for one of the policemen getting so frustrated with my line of questioning that he stood up in the tiny interview room and took the folding chair in his hand and slammed it against the wall. It got to the point where she just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't have anticipated how depressed this job ultimately made me to the point that I couldn't get out of bed and I would call in sick often. After about a year, Elizabeth listened to her gut and finally quit the worst job she'd ever had. Alex is a TV producer in New York City. He says he almost never gets gut feelings about other people, but he did one day, 14 years ago, while sitting in Washington Square Park. Uh, And I saw a girl across the park. He was totally struck by her. She had a camera around her neck, and Alex remembers exactly what she was wearing. A mock turtleneck or a half turtleneck and a jean skirt. And I just remember seeing her and thinking, that's someone that I have to talk to. That's someone that I have to know, no matter how shy I feel right now. So he did. And I remember just sitting down and saying, like, hi. And there being a sort of awkward pause. Then Alex remembers the girl telling him she had a boyfriend. Still, they ended up spending the rest of the day together. They even went to see a film that afternoon. They remained friends for the next nine years. Then they started dating, and this year, they were married. Alex says in a lot of ways, listening to his gut feeling was the most natural, unnatural thing he's ever done. It's like letting letting this part of your brain that's not fully in control just have its go at the wheel for a minute. For Philosophy Talk... I'm Caitlin Ash. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.